This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to talk post-Chelsea, Mr. Chris Budd, welcome. Hello. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. Consider this a bolt-on podcast to episode uh, 107. So uh, listen to that and this uh, in unison to be up to date uh, with what's happening. Uh, Also coming up uh, towards the end of the show, Chris Budd will give... Dean Smith, some valuable advice, how to turn this, uh, well, how do you describe it? Shit show? It's not a shit show just yet. How to put lipstick on this pig. <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dean. Chris will give you uh, a nice uh, Chanel lipstick to stick on the pig. A tactical consideration to think about uh, going into the Newcastle game. We've just come out of uh, Match Club uh, where we've had a pretty decent discussion after the game, actually. And uh, a lot of people are still in uh, decent spirits. I think at halftime I described this game, uh, the Chelsea uh, 2-1 defeat, as uh, at halftime when we were 1-0 up. It was like the way we'd been played off the park. It was like being at a funeral, waiting for them to bury Villa. And suddenly there was no body there to uh, be buried because we were 1-0 up and it was looking like we we, we might not actually get buried uh, in, in, the, in the full 90 minutes. But I think we were more surprised that we were still in that game. Uh, and you just had the feeling that if they'd scored... In the second half, it, it wouldn't just be one. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at the game, it was it's like everything else. You wait wait so long for a bus, and then two come along at once. It doesn't seem to take much to to break Villa's fragile confidence. As soon as the first Chelsea goal went in, which has been a carbon copy of a lot of goals we've conceded this season, you know, straight away Chelsea go right, get at them, blood in the water. They're like sharks to smelt it, and they're just straight in again. They're two goals in two minutes, and then that was basically it. Yeah, I mean, Smith's come out after the game and he's talking about, oh, you know, this is, uh, we're playing against quality opposition who have been in the Champions League for 15 years, let alone the Premier League, talking about how they worked extremely hard for their victory. I mean, we we can always make it because we're a promoted team. You can make an excuse for every team we play against. Oh, they've been in the Premier League for X amount of years. You've got to step up and belong. At some point, you've got to beat these teams or get something out of them. 
And, we're, you know, we're playing a Chelsea team, which is actually not a vintage Chelsea team. It's a Chelsea team very much in transition. And we, we were blown away. Smith did, was bereft of any kind of plan to make their visit to Villa Park uncomfortable. They, they were not uncomfortable. I mean, we put a little thorn in the side uh, just before half time when we scored, but I think the Villa players and Villa fans were in disbelief more than uh, you know celebrating. So the end result was not a uh, not a shock, and uh, the only the main you know the main plus we we weren't actually hammered out of sight. I mean, there's two sides to that, isn't there? There's the obviously you haven't been hammered, but the very similar to the Man City Cup final. On paper, you look at it and go, ah, oh, two one against Chelsea. Oh, that's a respectable scoreline and then if you actually watched the game for 90 minutes you thought hang on a minute this is a training exercise for Chelsea yeah you know Villa were just so passive they didn't press the ball it was like you know Smith says that they made Chelsea work extremely hard and you're thinking well if that's what you think was extremely hard I'd love to know what Lampard would think having to work extremely hard is yeah because that was one of the easiest away wins at Villa Park I mean I compare that to sort of like the, the, the Liverpool game earlier in the season where you know, Villa obviously took a lead, threw it away in the last couple of minutes, but Villa battled in that game against a far superior team, Paul, but they really, really put a shift in. This one, they just, they, just, they just sat off and went, there you go, we'll let you play and we'll try not to concede. That's a good example. Uh, I mean, Chelsea, I was impressed by Chelsea. I think they're one of the best very sharp, teams. Very sharp. In, in, in terms of the restart period, uh, they're one of the most impressive teams that I've actually seen, probably them, uh, Manchester City, so far. But as you say, it's uh, we we didn't make it hard for them, and and you know there's some appalling stats in terms of uh, we failed to win any of the last 21 Premier League matches against any team starting in the top four. That's four draws, 17 losses. We've now lost five Premier League games after scoring first this season, which is uh, very worrying indeed. And that's two more than any other side in in the league. But the fundamental things are lack of fight, lack of battle. You know, for example, it was day and night the the performance we put a, put in against Liverpool. That was without Grealish as well. And there's there's not much dimension. We're, you know, we didn't know how to. It's instead of going in at half time, we're one 0 up. You know, God knows how. And then thinking, well, if you play exactly how you did in the first half, you're going to get beat. But we didn't make any changes to that effect. And didn't pose. Let we in fact we posed less questions. And I, as we said in Match Club at halftime, I said it, I think it's up to Smith here to make a change rather than just react to whatever Frank Lampard does. Make sure that we've actually got a uh, a counter attacking plan, a threat because Chelsea will come at us. But if we set up to have a chance of actually getting the second goal before they get there, first one, then that's our best and only probably chance of winning this game. I mean, at halftime, it was probably next goal wins, but you think actually if Villa had the opportunity to get the knockout punch early, because actually the way Villa, Villa's back forward defended, if we'd have got the second goal early, we could have sat back and gone, right, now we can try and contain and hit on the break. But I don't think that model works for this Villa team. We're not good enough defensively to contain and we don't have the weapons to counterattack at the moment. So... What can we do? That this is the problem. It's, you're right. Like for example, in past past managers, we've seen Paul Lambert, uh, and we were one of the best. In fact, one uh, there was a segment of one season where even they were at, you know below mid table, we were the best counter attacking team. We'd scored the most goals on the counter attack, and you could see that we had a method of winning games 
this team doesn't really have that identity. We can't play out, outplay teams. We can't, you know, we're not a counter-attacking force. We don't have that raw pace. So this is the big problem uh, when you start to look at the last eight games. You're looking at a, a fairly passive team that doesn't s- seem to be playing like it's in a relegation uh, dogfight. And, if, you know, a few people have said that. If you watch both of our two games since the restart, you, you wouldn't label us as a team in a relegation battle. I mean, that Trezeguet attempt, uh, we get a free kick at the end. And what are we doing? We're, we're giving somebody, as soon as Trezeguet stepped up, I don't think one Villa fan would have put any money on him uh, having success from that range, 35, you know, whatever, 30, 30 yards out. And if you're a relegation team, what are you doing? You're getting everybody in there, getting Nealon in there as well, and just, you know, chipping it in and causing mohem, getting, you know, seeing if somebody can get on the end of it. You're not just powder puffing a shot straight at the keeper from that range. Yeah, what's the point in send, What's the point in sending Mings? You know, your best chance is there. You've sent the big boys up. You put your best deliverer of a ball who's on the field at that point, which is Grealish, who isn't an asset in the air, or like someone like Louise, and you send the goalie up. The first ball is the percentage ball, knowing we need to get the knockdown. So if, even if it's you, you get it to the back of the six-yard box, just get it back in the box, make Chelsea make a decision. Either they're going to have to clear it for a corner and you might get a second bite of the cherry or make them defend. And if they get it out, fair play. But don't just don't try and whip one in the top corner from 30 yards when nobody has seen you do it in Claret and Blue yet. And for me, that was that is symbolic of uh, how we're approaching this relegation battle. I mean, we, you know, we, we were joking during the game that uh, maybe they're training ground players because, uh, and, you know, this applies to why Trezeguet took that, because in training he scores from there, because uh, when it goes straight at the keeper, it normally goes in because our keepers aren't that great, <laughs> you know. It's, <laughs> it's just the, the decision-making all over the field, and unfortunately in the dugout or in the stand, whatever you want to call it, it's just, it's just not there. They're not, they're not playing the percentages. Nope. And you have to do that then. I mean, you look, the, the best example of that was when we got a free kick with the last kick of the game against Watford on the halfway line. What did we do? All the big men went forward. Rayner ran out of goal. He took the kick, put it on a six-punce. Obviously, Mings wins the knockdown. It, it came to Conza, uh, didn't it? Conza lashes it in the top corner because we reacted to the ball. You're just thinking, you know. So during that game, I, mean, I think uh, Lee and Match Club did actually say if this was a boxing match, I think at halftime, if this was a boxing match, the ref would have called it off. And I think I said, uh, and Villa would have gone straight to hospital, emergency ward. And there seemed to be like, there was zero press there. It was very zonal. And and we did drop very deep and we allowed them over the halfway line at will. And when they, you know, when Villa got the ball, Chelsea were, were bang on it, hunting in packs to get it back as soon as possible which is a philosophy that all the great, you know, all the best teams in this league do. The first thing they do when they haven't got the ball is get it back as soon as possible. And they do it in packs. It's not just like having a lone striker chasing the, you know, chasing around the back four or or whatever. And this for me summed up the difference here. You had a, a hungry Chelsea who wanted the ball. And if they didn't have the ball, they got it back as soon as possible. And they pressed Villa. So Villa never really had any time on the ball. And here you had Villa playing like it's uh, pre-season and uh, never really giving Chelsea much to think about when Chelsea were on the ball. Especially when you got, you know, Smith Smith comes out and says, we made them work hard. And you think, if that's what you think hard work looks like, sorry, but the player managers don't deserve to be in the Premier League. Pack up and go home now. If that's what they think effort is. And we'll go on to Grealish, I'm sure, you know. What, what do you think, Phil, about this, the press situation? 
the the damning stat for me isn't possession or anything like that it's the foul count i mean if there's a another team that are playing tick attack around you and just doing that your foul count should be through the roof when you're trying to break that up agreed instead of that chelsea made 17 fouls compared to our nine I mean, we're not even making five fouls a half. And then if you count, I remember one of them especially was um, El Ghazi just bundled in the their right back, you know, trying to trying to win a corner near the in the first half. So I mean, that's not even a foul. That's doing nothing. Kante had about six fouls. He got booked finally, but he he knows what to, you know. He knows how to tactically foul. Yeah, and you'd think John Terry would know how to tactically foul, or he'd played with enough players that you know that would be the the ethos coming across definitely from Mourinho. So if he's telling players like. NAR midfielders, you know, if you're going to foul somebody, foul it in the halfway line, foul it in their half. But no, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's Villa are too nice, and, and we keep saying that. And nice, nice guys don't win relegation fights. So we've said it before, haven't we? Villa are a team built in the image of their manager, Dean Smith. He's a lovely guy, but you know, would a John Gregory team play like that? No. Like Klopp's a lovely guy, but he he distills like desire and fights. I mean, the, the, one of the damning things for Dean Smith was he, he came out before the Sheffield game, didn't he, in the week and said, oh, we've been working on getting this fire in the belly in the players and this intrinsic yeah. motivation. You think, well, that isn't working. So you might as well just say, well, okay, guys, let's put this in mercenary terms. If you go down, you're either you're going to have to try and get yourself a move or you're going to lose some of your wages. And if you want to stay up, you get a bonus. If that's yeah. if that's where Villa are actually at, if that is the reality, because there's a few players to you know, in the game today, didn't look like they wanted to be there. And unfortunately, one of them, namely the captain, looks like he's on his way out because his performance today was was of a guy who looks like he's had his head turned or knows full well either he's not going to be there or that the weight of the world's on his shoulders and he's not getting any support. Yeah, I mean, he was a passenger. McGinn was a passenger. I mean, half of it is, is it down to their performance or is it because they're tactically not utilised or there's no real plan to get them utilised and, you know, get them... Uh, into positions. I mean, you know, I would have had Grealish off off Davis as close to Davis as he can, you know, like in a number ten spot. But he's, he, you know, he he was like, if if you can get eighty million for that, then happy days. I think. Unfortunately, it pains me to say it, but yeah. Another thing, if you're the captain and you have that armband, there's no way that Trezeguet's taking that free kick at the end, even if he does score them in training. You're taking that ball off him. Or and you're you're organising. You're telling people what to do. Yeah, stand in a line of ten, and when I kick it, just charge into the box. Yeah. <laughs> simple as that. It's a pretty simple thing. You put the percentage ball and say, "Make their goalie come and get it." And if you have to foul him, you know. I mean, look at what look at the. Yeah, we go back to the Sheffield game. Look what Sheffield United did. They put the ball under the goalie. Really simple stuff. They just they just, they just put us under pressure. But we don't pressure teams because Smith wants to play in this beautiful way, and he doesn't because we hardly had the ball. I mean, you know, twenty six percent at the end. I mean, at the first, I think the first twenty minutes of that second half, we were at ten percent possession, which is, uh, you know, bordering on ridiculous. Well, it's 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 a training exercise. And you know, as I said, if you've got a counter attack plan, then you know those kind of uh, percentages are playing into your hands. But we didn't have that threat, and he didn't set them up to have that threat. And you know, we haven't got the personnel to pull it off. So you know, that makes you it does make you think about what they are doing in uh, when they are signing players. Back in that summer, there's this ideology: oh, we'll buy young, talented players uh, that we will make money on if you know if whatever happens uh, in the future. But it's are they looking at them as? Uh, young players with a bit of fire in the belly 
that that will battle. I don't think you know it's hard to tell that, but there's a big mistake not getting uh, the battle-hardened uh, heads in there. And you know the only one we did get in, Tom Heaton, is obviously injured. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yep. I mean, we said earlier in the year, I remember when we were talking about the people are asking us about the transfer strategy and we said, oh, it was clearly a bit of money ball going on. Well, the thing with money ball is, and it's the reason we're losing games, is it's indefinables. You can have people who on paper look great on the stats, you know, pace this, this and this and this, and they fulfil all these criteria that you're looking for. But there isn't a statistic to say courage, fight, determination, concentration, these aren't completely definable things. There's a difference between having an average player who's a winner and a technically brilliant player who's not. Look at players, players traditionally like Tarabt at QPR, technically one of the best players in years. He's nowhere to be seen. Now look at John Joe Shelby at Newcastle, technically on his days, brilliant, but he's not a winner. Villa just aren't battle-hardened players. They're not, they've brought in players who aren't built for what the position they're in. They've almost brought like second-rate players to play like a top 10 side. Yeah, and the the problem is, uh, I mean, you get beat by Chelsea, it's not the end of the world. But now we're starting to look at, uh, we're looking at, can this team respond? Where, where does it get its spark from? I mean, Yotta came off the bench, almost scored instantly. and But that would have been, uh, you know, that's an I mean, anomaly. That would so harsh on Chelsea, wouldn't it? If that had gone in, you just think they've, Chelsea don't deserve to not win this game. Yeah, as somebody said in Match Club, that would have only sparked them to score a third. <laughs> Maybe a fourth just to put yeah. the nail in the coffin. Yeah, they had the extra gears to go through. I mean, Chelsea didn't get out of third gear. Yeah, but this is the worrying thing. I mean, Yotta isn't like, He's not known as the spark that we can bring off the bench yet. I mean, that was just, uh, he just happened to be in the right time, you know, right place at the right time there. We're still playing the same way. We don't have a, an identity. We don't have that kind of plan B of like, right, we'll sit tight and play on the counter because, you know, we tried that today and uh, destroyed because we weren't pressing at the top. It's not like uh, where you're the underdog in terms of quality. So you would, and you play a different way. We're not playing a way to spoil a game. We don't have that in us. So it's difficult, and you start to look at the fixtures. And if we won this, I mean, it would you know happy days. But against Newcastle, you know that is uh, a game where if we're going to get some uh, currency back from this situation, that's one we're going to have to win. Because after that, you're playing you know Wolves. Wolves look they didn't even come out of second gear when they dispatched West Ham. They got they got rid of West Ham as if they just decided at the end they'll get rid of them. That game's going to be tougher because they're now sniffing at oh we might be have to get in the Champions League. Then it's Liverpool. Then it's Manchester United. So we were talking earlier on about how you can make you know excuses. Oh, you know Sheffield United. You know they were in the top five, uh, so points not too bad. No, that was a chance. That was a chance against a team that were missing two of their better players. 
coming in cold and we didn't really show enough conviction to win it. You know, some of our finishing was like, you know, Davis wasn't predatory. You know, I mean, you know, you can say, oh, he's only just started. But instinctively, if you're a striker who knows where the net is, that's in. And we can't afford... uh, Normally, it takes six games to get up to speed. Sometimes, you know, seven or eight. We, we're not playing by the normal rules. We're not. We're not blooding in Davis. He has to hit the ground running. It's uh, it's unfair to say that, but we have to look at uh, what is the best thing to do in this situation that we find ourselves in, and uh, we can't make excuses for not winning now. And we've got to find some wins from somewhere. And I think the let's say the the temperature will change if we don't beat Newcastle. Yeah. yeah, I think I think a win will just it was you know loosen the, the pressure valve a little bit because that's the thing you know draws are fine if you're winning as well it tops the points up but uh, draws are all right if you're outside the bottom three absolutely the longer you go on without putting three points on the board the fans and the players are just getting more and more nervous every game and that was the thing today we looked nervous whereas you think if we'd have beaten Sheffield United you'd have gone in today with a little bit of a free hit going well we got we did the heavy lifting on Wednesday we can have a go today if we get anything out of the game bonus and then we can go to Newcastle and the same can apply yeah and there's no crowd no crowd to give them a bollocking and and rile them up when that when the effort evidently isn't there yeah, or even to give them confidence, you know, you, you score the goal, they go in at half-time, they'd have got a really great reception, they'd have come out for the second half, shooting towards the whole end, which actually traditionally this season we haven't actually looked particularly good doing. Yeah, I really don't know. It's, you know, you, you try and take positives out of games, and this one is really difficult. You're, you're really starting to notice the absence of the crowd now, because when the players are taking a, a backward pass instead of a forward pass, you do that once or twice, and Villa Park's going to let you know about it, so you're not going to do it the third time. Yeah, you know, but now it's that whether they're not getting the instructions from the sideline or what's happening, they're they're being allowed to let their standard slip. What you could hear from the on the, uh, the on the coverage without the, the you know the crowd background was, was Smith just saying, "Get out, get out, get out." He was trying to get them up the field, and they just could not get out from their own third. I've noticed there's a uh, tendency now to play the back pass when players aren't necessarily under pressure and and a lot of players are starting to play the cautious one first and when the, all that does is allow the opposition time to just set up and you know wait for you to come and you've got to play it out from the back again it's it's not a good look villa have got nippy players that they've got to play it quick and uh, try to catch uh, the opposition you know off balance and you're not doing that by playing it back instead of uh, you know it's, it's not that risky to play it forward you, you've just got to, it's just a, a state of mind it doesn't bode well <laughs> no that's the thing today for example say if Villa would have and we've had a few games like this this year if Villa go 2-0 down in the first 20 minutes but in the second half they come out they get a goal back and they really show willing but they can't break Chelsea down the narrative is that you gave a top four or five side a really good game and you take a bit of momentum into the next game. But that's two games now that Villa have needed to get a result in. And they haven't gone for broke in the last 10 minutes. And I know the crowd makes a difference because actually there's been quite a few times this season where Villa have gone for broke in the last 10 and scored late goals. Yeah, But it's the lack of almost intent. It's like, well, we're going to lose anyway. Throw on another striker or throw on, you know, put Mings up front or do something that's out of the ordinary. Borjan, Borjan. Or, or, or whoever it may be. <laughs> You know <laughs> that Trezeguet attempt was symbolic of uh, how we're approaching this relegation battle. Uh, anything else uh, to discuss while we wind this extra show up? If you're going to take one positive from the game, is that actually again 
and I feel feel for them because they're on the losing side. But I didn't think the back four actually played particularly badly. I thought it was the lack of cover in front of them from the midfield that cost them. You look at both both goals were costly, costly from mistakes from midfield players. It was Horahan for the second one, and obviously McGinn didn't track his runner for the first one. Yeah, and you know they played well up to the point where the dam's going to break eventually, isn't it? Because there was just too much pressure. I mean, shout out to Courtney Haas, who has now scored. Uh, that was his first Premier League goal, and he's now scored in every tier of the uh, top four divisions in English football. He he had another passive header. It was it first half he had a header. Was it from a corner or a free kick? Yes. Start the second half, wasn't it? Hawes had a yeah. little flick teddy, yeah. Where it's, there's no, you know, I, I, I flagged this up in the previous podcast after the Sheffield United game where everybody says he wins so many headers, and he does, but that doesn't seem to translate in the opposite box. When he wins the header, there's no real uh, intent in, in terms of scoring. It's like, I've just won that header, when there should be a little bit more about uh, knowing, you know, how to header it at the goal in terms of uh, rather than just winning the header. You know, if he wins the headers so frequently, then that makes him, well, it should make him very dangerous and uh, he should have more than seven goals in his league career. It's just another example. If you have that weapon of him, his aerial ability, that's clearly not been sort of, the rough edges haven't been taken off that in the training ground. Yeah. You, should be, you should be practicing that after the session every day. Whoever can whip the ball in should be whipping it in. Courtney, stick it in. Courtney, stick it in. You know, yeah. for an, an hour after the training, but no. And then when you find yourself with a free kick 35 yards out in the dying embers of the game, you're like, right, we've got Mings, we've got Courtney House, let's, you know, let's get that ball in the box and uh, let House win it and see what happens. Yeah, it's this reluctance to do things slightly old-fashioned that's going to kill us. I mean, I mean, can you imagine if we had somebody with a long throw on the team? I don't think Dean Smith would let them take one. I just think that he would... <laughs> If we had a Rory Delap in his prime, he wouldn't use him. He, you know, he'd sell him straight away. We were talking about how do you neutralise uh, playing against one of these top four teams, top six teams that we seem to have a stinking r- record against. You, you've got to sometimes go to the basics. You've got to make it uncomfortable. If you've got to stick it in the mixer, you stick it in the mixer. You've got to put them under pressure. I mean, look at the uh, the League Cup final. Stones under pressure slips. Mm-hmm. This is how you beat, you know, the, these players... Uh, the, there's, there's some certain players that look really good when they're comfortable. And if Villa play as they seem to be playing under Smith, these players will look good because they will be very comfortable playing against us. But if we're giving them something to think about, we're mixing it up a bit, that's where you expose them. And if you watch Liverpool, they have no problem switching to old-fashioned football when they need to. They'll throw no. it into the box like they did against us. Mm. If, if Liverpool have to be direct, they Liverpool can beat you in three or four ways. Villa have one way of playing, and it's like trying to play nice football. But everybody knows if you get in and, in and amongst Villa's midfield and disrupt it. The only two games that Villa won comfortably this year was Norwich away. Norwich didn't have a midfield. They were all injured. They didn't have a defence. One no. of those, their starting lineup was out. And Newcastle at home. Newcastle didn't have a midfield. Yeah. And, and obviously some of the cup the cup, the early rounds of the cup games. But if you're if you can't compete in the middle of the park, it's only going to end one way. Especially against quality players. You know, we're not talking that you know we we didn't lose to sort of an average side today. We lost to a good team, so you have to find another way. You can't be as naive as to think you can match them. Formation, you know, line up the same way and try and go toe to toe with them at the same thing. It's so naive, it's almost arrogant to think that. Yeah. So, Dean Smith, get it in the mixer. Uh, didn't you have a message for Dean Smith? People in Match Club, Chris, said, well, you you said you if you could speak to him and somebody said, send him a letter. What was that message you had for Dean Smith? 
Incidentally, Match Club, if you want to join Match Club, all you've got to do is become a My Old Man Said patron. It's one of the uh, new benefits. So just go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the patron link and uh, you will see the details there. And uh, any problems, uh, just get in touch. Uh, there's plenty of posts in patron how to uh, log on to uh, Match Club. But any problems, just uh, email me and I will help you do that. And sorry, what, what was the uh, the message for Dean Smith? Well, everybody's calling for two up front, aren't they? Which, as we've discussed numerous times, it's like putting square pegs in round holes. But we went to Leicester away and in the Cup semi-final and in January and had a good run of form by playing three at the back, four backs, and then just get Grealish up off a striker. If he, if he wants to play in a free role and let him roam around, let him do that. Get him up the field where he can hurt him. So you'd be playing a back three. Don't play concert right back. You know, he, bless him, he puts a shift in, but he's not a fullback. When Gilbert's back, he gives you some pace and some dynamism. You're not relying on the inconsistencies of Trezeguet or El Ghazi, who can probably come off the bench and change a game. You can still play a midfield three of play Louise, McGinn, and maybe Nakamba. Or you could play Horan and play McGinn on the right-hand side of that three. But you're going to need a sitter in there, and you play Jack almost at like the top of a midfield diamond. It's a bit of a Christmas tree. Is it yeah, Christmas, like a Christmas tree? tree, yeah. So who's on top of the tree? I'd, I'd put Davis at the top of that because you're going to need a proper target man. But you get Grealish as close to him as you can and then let Grealish drift to the left or to the right. But you are relying on target and Gilbert to bomb on. It's, it's, it's basically how uh, the Brian Little teams used to play. Yeah, well, we definitely need something. So it's definitely food for thought. Because this uh, play two up top, which in today's currency would translate to Davis and Samata, considering how our midfield's been bypassed, I don't see how that pans out playing a, essentially as a 4-4-2. You can't do it unless you play a back three. Yeah, if you're losing a midfielder. Because you're going to be very weak in the in the midfield, and even with five in there, we're struggling. So, and you've got to uh, control possession of the ball, which we seem to be capable of doing this year. Yeah, or you need two exceptional pacey wide midfielders to give you that cut and thrust as well, which we don't have. Yeah, or you know, as, like you know, if you're like Liverpool and you've got Alexander Arnold and Robertson, you've got two wing backs who are going to be spend most of the game in the opposition's half. Indeed which we haven't had the last two games, Target and Conzas, but have barely crossed the halfway line. Right, so there's food for thought there. We, we're, we're not in uh, meltdown mode because we, uh, well, we're only one point off the, uh, the dirty line that will return us to uh, the championship. But all eyes to Newcastle. That's uh, where the post-match discussions will be interesting, uh, depending which way they swing. After that, we've got Wolves, Liverpool, Manchester United. So uh, the significance of the uh, Newcastle game cannot be uh, underestimated. Right. Thanks for joining us for an extra show. Please do listen to 107 as well to get up to speed. And until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.